Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm here in the studio with Raul Lopez Jr. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about snails and alligators. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about parenting. So we want to make an impact in the world, but I don't know if it's super great if we make an awesome impact in the world and neglect our kids. Wow. And if uh, we hope you don't have to choose between those two things. We, mm. always, we always believe you can do both, that you can have a great impact on your kids and also make a great impact in the world. But if for some reason, somehow, for whatever, you have to choose between those, I personally hope you choose your kids over your impact on the world. Absolutely. Because that is so important. Your, your kids are an impact in the world. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You certainly don't want to neglect that. And, and you would want to, and certainly I would want to be able to impact my kids and then have my impact in the world kind of flow out from that. Rather than feeling that that it, those are separate things, or you know, I'm I'm away all the time, you know, impacting other people, and then my kids don't even know me. I think that would be pretty sad. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So we're going to talk about parenting, and for some crazy reason, I don't know why these kids they show up without any instruction manual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, we get these kids, and they're like, "Man, what do I do?" And for the most part, I think most of us end up doing what we saw our parents doing mm-hmm. because like, well, that's what I know. Yeah. And so we end up mimicking how our parents raised up, raised us uh, when we, in, we go ahead and raise our kids. Um, but uh, I found that there can be an art and a science to parenting. And uh, to be honest, I'm not a parenting guru. I'm not a complete expert on it, but I've learned a lot. And I've learned that what we teach people when I do coaching with folks, we have seminars and we teach people how to have greater emotional intelligence and to have more of a grounded, centered place in their life, that that stuff overlaps a ton with being great parents. Absolutely. You mentioned that men are a huge impact on the household and the kids, correct? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, in fact, men have, just by being the man of the household— and I know they've done some studies on this, um, and not this would necessarily be specific, but uh, it, it's analogy. So they, they've done some studies and found that if the head of the household, if the man goes to church, the whole family tends to go. Statistically, oh, yeah. most of the time, families will go with, with the man, yes. with the dad. Mm-hmm. But if the woman goes to church, then the statistics drop quite a bit. And hmm. sometimes the woman goes... And maybe she goes by herself or goes with the kids, but it's not the whole family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think just inherently, just naturally, men have kind of this influence on the household. Yeah. You know, can I give you a quick example of that? Uh, Early on when we first moved to this area, we were looking for a church to attend. And uh, we kind of bounced around and we found one that we really liked. But it was off for whatever reason, Sunday mornings, I'd get into argument with my wife. And there would be a reason not to go to church or we'd go late all the time. And I really enjoyed attending church and getting there on time. So I went to my pastor and I said, hey, I'm having this problem. Every Sunday, (laughs) we seem to argue. And I said, I don't know what it is. I don't know if my wife doesn't want to come to church or or what the challenge is. And he just looked at me and he said, Raul, he said, 
explain to your wife that you want to come to church on Sundays and that you want to be here on time and that you would love for her to come with you. But if not, you're going to leave at this time and you're going to go to church. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, just tell her. He goes, she'll come. You watch. So nicely, I did exactly what he asked me to do. We never argued again. And we were there on time every day, every Sunday. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about parenting and that'll apply to moms and to dads. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about parenting from the man's perspective, from the dad's perspective. I think men and dads provide just a different dynamic to the parent-child relationship that women tend not to bring. It's just part of the difference between men and women. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about that. The first thing I really wanted to hit on today, and it's really something I think is super important as we're raising our kids, there is a huge difference between raising our kids to behave correctly and raising our kids to have good character. Mm. And I find that oftentimes parents focus on behavior, and I know I've been caught up in behavior with my kids. It's easy to do. But I found that it's so much more productive when, as a parent, you're thinking about how do I instill this character quality in my kid? How do I have them have a moral inventory? How do I teach them why this is right and why this is wrong and have their behavior flow out from that rather than trying to correct every wrong behavior that comes up? Mm -hmm. An example that I think most people can relate to has to do with when our kids are in school. When our kids are in school, the goal really should be for them to learn the material, not to get an A. Mm. That sounds counterintuitive, but the goal is not for them to get an A. The mm. A should just be an outward reflection of how well they've learned the material. And the real goal is to learn the material. That's good. And I've like seen, it. yeah, I've seen parents say, well, my kid has a project. That means I have a project. I'm going, ooh. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. You sure your kid can't just do that project on their own? And, oh, no, we've, we've, I've got the project. And I know some parents have gone in and helped the kids do their homework, and the parent gets an A on the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. So they get the grade, but mm -hmm. the kids walk away really not having that self-confidence, knowing that mm -hmm. they know the content. Absolutely. You know, uh, every child in grammar school has to build a mission, right? I think that's been forever. At some point you build a mission and you can definitely tell which ones the parents did. Yeah, I mean, there's some <laughs> beautiful missions. You go, that third grader built that thing. And you're like, come on guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that assignment. Yeah. We yeah. all did. It. You know, another, another time I actually did help my son with a history report that he had to do. And I helped him a lot more than I probably should have. And the teacher actually sent it back and said, can you have him do this in his own words, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're right on. Yeah. And, and there was a, we had a back to school night. I remember one of the teachers giving the presentation, you know, and, and it said, you know, sometimes, you know, have these rules and the parents get really upset. Mm -hmm. And the teacher says, yeah, I know their parents are upset because they did the assignment and they feel like my <laughs> criticism is, is on them, not on their kid. <laughs> what do you mean it's wrong? It's perfect. That's right. Yes. That's funny. Good. Yes. But that applies to all kinds of areas in our parenting. Mm -hmm. the, the goal is not for our kids to behave correctly, but to have proper character so that the behavior just naturally flows from that. I like it. That's, that's a great concept. I love it. Yes. So let's kind of dive into a couple other examples here. We talked about the schoolwork, uh, but a big part of instilling character is letting our kids fail. Mm -hmm. 
I remember we had our our son was really struggling in a in a class. I think it was an English class a couple of years back. And and it was really hard. We wanted to step in and we wanted to tell our kid exactly what to do to get his grade up and and to to pass this class and do what he needed to do. But we felt like that would really be doing him a disservice and we had to let him fail. Mm. And even if that meant he had to take summer school or be held back a grade, we decided that would be better for him to learn now mm-hmm. than to have to learn responsibility and to take ownership of his work later on in life. Mm-hmm. Good. And in the end, he pulled through, he mm-hmm. passed the class. And since that class, he's gotten straight A's. Oh, wow. Powerful. So he was doing pretty good before, mostly mm-hmm. A's and B's. But since that experience, he learned and it shaped the way he shows up at school now. Yeah, yeah. Totally different. I, d- I did similar with my son. Um, he had reading, a certain amount of reading he needed to do every evening. And I would say, son, come in, let's read. And for a while, I was forcing him to sit there and read. And then, he, but he would complain. So I said, okay, you don't have to read then. Do you want to read? No. Okay. You don't want to read? No. Okay. If we did that for about a week. Um, and then he started realizing that at the end of the week, the tests they would have, he wasn't able to to pass or he wasn't able to do them. And, uh, so I just continued with that pattern. And then the next thing I know, he would come to me and say, dad, we have to read this dad. We have to read this because he didn't like, cause I think there's some reward that came with it, right? Uh-huh. If you pass the test or you answer the questions. And so he started wanting to read. So I did very similar. Yeah. And that relates to other kinds of discipline as well. And we need our kids to learn from their failures. And a big part of parenting is to set up Uh, unnatural consequences for our kids so that they don't have to experience a horrific consequence that might really occur. Mm -hmm. Uh, We make it safe for them to fail. So for example, you know, they might leave their bike out on the porch. And so we might go, okay, I'm going to take your bike away for a couple of days because, you know, leaving it on the porch, it could be stolen, you know, things like that happen. And I want you to learn to take care of your bike and, and do do a good job taking care of that mm-hmm. and I'm going to take it away and then I give it back as opposed to letting the kid just leave it out on the porch all the time and having it get stolen. Yeah. Where, where the, the actual consequence might be worse than we really want for our kids, but we're still providing that same learning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're providing a way for them to fail and learn from their mistakes. Yeah, that's good. Makes yeah. sense. And just note that our kids, you know, at, at our different ages, and so what's appropriate for a two-year-old might not quite be the same thing we would do with our 12-year-old. Uh, so you need to do things that are age-appropriate. Um, but the big part really is, you know, how do I instill the, these character qualities in my kid? How do I mm. teach my kid to have patience? Yeah. How do I teach my kids compassion? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times correcting behavior doesn't do that. Mm. It just changes behavior for the moment. Yeah. You know, um, let me go a little bit deep. Uh, I have I have four kids. My my oldest is thirty four, and my youngest is eleven. <laughs> so I have a a really good range, and for me, I've been able to look at practices with my oldest, and then the next, and then the next. And I'll tell you honestly, I treat my youngest son completely different than I did with the others, and it's because of what I've learned from yeah. each one and and what I've done wrong, right? And um, what I noticed right now, and I do this for my son, I teach this in my life coaching practice, uh, is what they think about themselves has all to do with how they act in what they do in school, how they act, how they communicate and everything else. And what I do right now with my son is I continually 
preach to him uh, how awesome he is. You are loving. You are kind. You are amazing. And uh, I just say it to him every night before he goes to bed, often in the morning when he gets up. He likes to look at himself in the mirror and see how he's dressed. And I'll tell him, you're awesome. You're amazing. So when he looks at himself, he's saying these things to himself. And uh, the other day he was walking out the front door and my wife said something to him about whatever he was going to go do. And he said, don't worry about it, mom. I'm awesome and amazing. And then he <laughs> ran out the door and I said, see, he, he, he hears that. So awesome. that's how he thinks about himself. So that's huge in uh, raising our children is speak life into them, speak yeah. love into them, speak joy into them. That's awesome. We'll talk more about that right after this break. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today, we're talking about parenting because we don't want to just make an impact on the world and neglect our kids. We need to learn how to make an impact in our kids as well. So what we can do both rather than having to pick. One of the things that I've learned is that how I interact with my kids has a whole lot to do with how I interact with other people. And if I can raise my kids and be present for them and really instill in them a sense of self-confidence and just be able to encourage them and to cheer them on, a lot of times those are great skills to use with other people as well. So if we're out making an impact, we want to be able to be impactful relationally as well. So we don't want to just go be making an impact through an organization and then have people go, ooh, ick, when they interact with us (laughs) because we haven't learned how to interact with people in a way that's hearable, in a way that's supportive and encouraging. And so these parenting skills are not just for parents. So we were talking before the break kind of about how we instill into our kids uh, in, in their own sense, how they see themselves. And that's pretty key and pretty important and uh, I don't know if you want to talk more about that, Raul. Yeah, you know, um, I recognized with my son, he, he's 11 now. My youngest is 11. And when he was about eight years old, seven, eight years old, um, like all kids do, uh, they'll test us, right? They, they want to say no. They want to do what they want to do. They don't want to go where we want to go. And they'll start to test us. And my son was kind of in a pattern of you know, saying no and acting up and throwing a fit when he didn't want to do what we wanted to do. And so we started to punish him, you know, put him in his room for an hour, take away his game, or we, he had consequences for the way he was acting. 
And I noticed after, this was probably over a three-week period, because I, I do pay attention. After raising my other kids, I pay attention to what's happening in my household. And uh, I noticed that he was walking around with his head down, and he, he was like down in, in, in energy and stuff. And I looked at him, and I thought, you know what? We've been kind of scolding him quite a bit lately. And I'm thinking that he's probably feeling like, you know, he's not good boy or, you know, that type of thing. So he was in trouble and his mother had put him in his room and I went and I sat with him and I said, how you doing son? And he just had his head down he kind of shrugged his shoulders. And I said, I want you to know something. I said, no matter what happens, I love you and I'm proud of you. And he lifted up his head and his shoulders came back and he looked at me and he said, really dad? And I almost cried because I realized I was right. He was feeling like he was no good. I said, son, some of these things that you're doing are not okay, but that's not who you are. You just made a mistake. And I always love you. And I'm always proud of you, no matter what you do. So I want you to understand that. And it changed the, his whole, the way he was acting and feeling, it changed everything. And it, it actually, his pattern of behavior changed after that for quite a while also. So it's really important what we speak into our kids and making sure they understand that regardless of the one little thing they've done wrong or the three little things they've done wrong. We love them and we are proud of them and they are amazing people. They just made a mistake. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you never want our kids to believe that love is conditional, that they have to behave a certain way in order to earn our love. Mm -hmm. And it can be a pretty fine line. Mm -hmm. A big part of that is instilling a moral inventory in our kids. Mm -hmm. And this is still part of this character development that we want to have for our kids a big part of that is instilling in them a moral inventory, this, this concept of this is right and this is wrong and this mm. is why this is right and this mm. is why this is wrong and be able to apply these principles wherever they go in life. Mm. If we don't instill this moral inventory in them and teach them why things are right and why things are wrong, they start to believe that the rules are capricious. Yeah. They're just – it's however the parent is feeling. It's how the rules get made up mm. and these are the rules for this this – Right now, this is how the rules are, and next week, maybe that there are different rules, right. and they don't have an understanding that there's principles behind it, and they just feel like whoever has the power gives the rules, and that's <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah. And then they can start to think that they have to behave a certain way in order to earn respect, approval, and love from mm-hmm. significant people in their lives. Mm-hmm. And And that's not where we want our kids. We want our kids to be self-confident, to know that they're loved no matter what. Mm-hmm. And and to know that the rules are based on underlying principles. Yeah, the, the why the rule is there. And usually when, I, when I'm speaking into my son, I will explain the why. And it usually or it always is around because I love you. And this is what happens if you make this mistake or this is why we have this rule. Because kids, like anybody else, they just want to kind of follow along with what everybody else is doing. Uh, the other day, for example, um, there was somebody standing outside of the Target and she was against some new petition or some new law that the governor put into place. And surprisingly, at 11 years old, my son hears about politics in school. You know, it bothers me that he does, but he hears about it. And he asked me about the law and I won't go into the law, but he said, Dad, what, what does that law mean? What is this? And so I explained it to him and he says, well, that girl is stupid. She shouldn't be doing that. I said, no, son, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's not stupid. And he says, well, she believes that and we don't. And I said, well, that's her opinion. She has every right to have that opinion. And I explained to him 
why so we understand because he said it a couple of times like he was talking kind of negative you know kid stuff about her and i said son what kind of ice cream do you like he said i like strawberry i said i don't like strawberry so does that mean that you're this or you're that he goes no it's just ice cream i said everybody has an opinion and it's okay there's good and bad to everything we do and just because somebody has a different opinion it doesn't mean we have to hate them or dislike them or go against them or anything else she's free to have her opinion and he understood, you know, we had, a, we were actually had went for a walk. So we were having a, a walk and a conversation and he understood that. So I could have just laughed it off and ignored it, but then he would have went on thinking that it was okay to not like people because of their opinion and whatever mm. it was. Yeah. Sounds like Facebook posts. <laughs> Absolutely. It does. It? And, and you know, I thought about that. I thought, I don't want my son when he turns 18, 16, 17, 18, arguing with people on Facebook about somebody else's opinion. You right. Know what I mean, so that's why I explained that too. Yeah. That was a big part of it. Yeah, a big part of it, too, is especially as our kids get a little older, I think it's important to teach our kids uh, the ability to say no and and to be able to be respected. Mm -hmm. So a couple of uh, examples of that is uh, I know like places I've been, relatives and whatnot, you know, if we were playing a game and it was time to go, it's like, oh, put the game away. We're going, Mm -hmm. you know, or turn your TV show off. We're going. Dinner's ready. Turn the TV show off, like smack in the middle, like right before the ending. (laughs) Like, oh, what's going to happen, right? (laughs) Yeah. And and it starts to, you start to get the message, oh, well, what I'm doing doesn't matter. I'm not important anymore. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's important for our kids to to learn that parents do respect them and they learn to be that way with other people. Mm. And so it's great for parents to say, hey, dinner's going to be on in about five minutes, Mm. you know, and the kid can say, Oh, my show will be over in ten. Is that okay if we wait until ten you know, for ten minutes? Yeah. And the, and I think it should be good for the parents to say, "Yeah, you can finish your show." Yeah. And that's respectful. And I think I think the kids learn respect by mm-hmm. being respected. That's great. It's a great example. Yep, I agree. Yeah. And in addition, I think we should teach our kids how to say no. And mm-hmm. that's kind of awkward for a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. You know, is your kids going to say no, and we're going to allow this? Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to provide safe spaces for our kids to say no. Yeah. And and sometimes the parents should say not this time. Yeah. I respect your desire for this, right. but right now we're not going to. Right. And and I think sometimes a parent will react really quickly. I know I have. Like right. boom, shut this down. This is not good, you know. <laughs> I'm the parent you do what I say. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go. I'm busy. I got my thing going on. You know, we don't have time for that right now or whatever. Yeah. And and I think it's good to have a I don't know, a thing in place in your family for the kids to say, hey, may I appeal? Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's a trigger for the parent to sit down and go, okay, let's take a look at this for reals and see, is mm-hmm. the request reasonable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then maybe we can change our minds. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, there always is a middle ground, right? We can't always say no, we can't always say yes, but we do, we need to listen. And and, and a child might give us their reason, and it's really not valid. And we yeah. go, sorry, son. Yep. <laughs> we got to go. You know, that's it. Or they may give us a really valid, great reason. And we go, okay, like you said, 10 minutes. I'll give you 10 minutes and then we'll get going. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Especially when it comes to our kids' personal space, especially as they get older, I think they should be able to say no if we're in infringing on their personal space, you know, be able to have, have set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And in the house, growing up is a great place to learn that in mm-hmm. a way that's safe. Yeah. Rather than learning that, you know, whoever's in authority has complete control over everything about them and have no ways learned to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. We don't want our kids growing up that way either. Right. Yeah. No, there's like like anything else, there, there's a middle ground to that. I mean, I, I know that when my older daughter is, was in her teens and she wanted some space. And what I what I found is that we gave her too much. 
Mm. You know, and she ended up in her room every day, all day after school and wouldn't come out. And then she started like having an attitude with us and these type of things. And she would just sit there on her computer. Uh, so what I finally did is I pulled the computer out into the living room and I just set it right there where she can sit down and be on the computer. So that way we were still all in the same room and, mm. you know, we weren't separated so much. So like anything else is a middle ground. Nice. Yeah. We'll be right back. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. The chairman and ranking Democrat on the Senate Commerce Committee want to hear from executives at Hyundai and Kia about a reported rash of vehicle fires. A hearing on the subject has been scheduled for November 14th. Hyundai said it is reviewing the invitation. New York Attorney General Barbara Underwood is expanding her investigation into reports that many of the Federal Communications Commission's net neutrality comments, both for and against, were fake. Underwood has issued more than a dozen subpoenas to industry and advocacy groups. Feel Good Foods is recalling six lots of vegetable fried rice frozen meals because the product may contain egg, an allergen not declared on the label. So far, the company says it hasn't received any reports of illnesses. You can get more details about this recall at ConsumerAffairs.com. I'm Mark Huffman. Review the Consumer Affairs Daily Brief at Amazon.com today. Listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we're talking about dun, 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 parenting. <laughs> <laughs> it is an honor and a privilege to be able to have folks that we can parent, and we certainly want to do a good job parenting. That is a part of our impact in the world, and we certainly don't want to ignore that. Before the break, we were talking about teaching our kids how to set up good boundaries and to have spaces where they can learn to say no, even to their parents, have uh, think places, you know, systems in place where they, the kid can say, hey, I'd like, I'd rather not, and be able to set up boundaries and the parent can go, okay, you know, that's a reasonable request. I'll honor that. A part of setting up boundaries, I think, is also learning and teaching our kids to learn to stand up for themselves. When I was growing up, I was not taught to stand up for myself. The thing that was talked about very frequently in the household was turn the other cheek. And Ooh. I know that's in the Bible. So, you know, how can you argue against that? <laughs> and 
I think the turn the other cheek is really from a space of out of love and compassion for the other person. But I believe if there's physical danger, like there is is harm that could be done physically or maybe even pretty severe harm done emotionally, I believe a person should be able to stand up for themselves and defend themselves. And mm-hmm. and I know we we taught our kids our our older son when he was very young had a very hard time with this lesson. Uh, but some other kids were bullying him. They would get in line and they would be pushing him out of line, trying to get him into trouble. Wow. And he was popping back in line and they're pushing him out. And, and uh, we're, we're telling him, push the other kid. <laughs> yeah. You push him out. Don't let yeah. him do that to you. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. And and uh, later on, he got in trouble because he pushed the kids, mm-hmm. the other kid out. And we're like, yes, high five. <laughs> and, he, and his eyes were like really wide, like, really? Yeah, yeah. But... But I think it's important to be right. able to to teach our kids to be able to stand up for themselves, so yeah. that other other kids, other folks, don't walk all over them. Absolutely, there's a big difference, and I teach my kids the same thing. There's a big difference in defending yourself and getting into fights. Yeah, there really is. My my son had similar, um, and we've always taught him not to get into a fight, not to fight, but you can defend yourself. If somebody's hitting you, you defend yourself. And he's in martial arts and things like mm. that. But I remember, just like what you said, uh, he got into a fight one time and the teacher sent the notice home and with everything that he did in the fight. And when I read it, it was like he used his martial arts, right? Uh-huh. And I kind of had a smile. Like you were saying, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, he's pretty good, you know? But I was like, okay, what happened? I need to know what happened. And uh, it turned out this kid was kind of pushing him around and then hit him in the face with a football, purposely, mm. right? So he... He defended himself and he hit the kid and knocked him down a couple of times. And uh, I I said, good job, son. You know, I said, oh, you're not in trouble. Don't worry about it. You were defending yourself. Right. And I kind of bragged about it. I'm a dad. Look at what he <laughs> did. He, he threw a kick. He did some jujitsu. I was kind of bragging about it. The, the challenge or the problem that the mistake I made is he heard me bragging about it to friends and, you know, family and things like that. About a week goes by and he comes back. He got into another fight. Mm. And the, the note came and I read the note and then I asked what happened and he started this one. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? He heard me being proud and bragging about that. He got into this fight and that's all he heard. He didn't hear the bigger part of you were defending yourself and that's why it's okay. Right. So that time I had to sit him down and I actually gave him a a small punishment and I said, son, you started this fight. That's not okay. In any way. Is that okay? You can defend yourself. And there's no problem. But if you're going around fighting, that's not okay. And there's going to be consequences. And he understood. And I, I, since then, he hasn't even gotten into a fight. Uh, but yeah, there's a big difference, defending yourself and fighting. Yeah. I think you had a story you wanted to share. Um, yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, just our kids and raising our kids. And we follow what our parents taught us in the beginning. And one of the things culturally where I grew up is... Uh, don't be a tattletale, but the way it was told to me is don't be a snitch. Mm. People don't snitch. We don't snitch. You know, snitches get stitches. <laughs> those, mm. those types of things, right? And the neighborhood that I came from, parents still teach their kids that. Uh, but what I learned is statistically, and this was an article that I read, is that a lot of kids are mistreated, right? All the way up to molestation, and they don't tell because mm. their entire life they've been taught don't snitch. Snitches get stitches. You can't tell. You can't tell. Don't tell. And you know, there's the extreme there that the kids don't understand if we don't explain to them what we mean by that. If you're out playing with your friends and you're all the same age and somebody pushed you, whatever it is, 
I don't want you coming over here and telling every time something small happens. But if you're getting hurt or somebody's bullying you or somebody's touching you like they shouldn't be, absolutely come and tell me. Yeah. Right? That, there's a huge difference. Now, the culturally, a lot of us parents, and I and I was like that young. That's what I mean by each of my kids I've, I've learned new things from is you don't snitch, you don't tell. You don't snitch, you don't tell. And that's a powerful thing to tell a kid because if somebody harms them, especially an adult in the wrong way, in their head, they're like, I can't tell. I can't yeah. snitch. I can't tell. So it's, that's a, it's a big part of understanding the culture that we're in and some of the things that we were taught by our parents that our parents were taught by theirs. And it's yeah. not about being right or wrong. It's about just understanding that sometimes we're conditioned into the culture we're in and we pass on our beliefs and they may be something that needs to change. Yeah, and that can totally take power away from the kid. Yeah. where they can feel powerless and stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a part of boundaries yeah, in absolutely. setting that up. Mm-hmm. Next thing that I'm pretty passionate about is how we deal with emotions in our parenting. And there can be a couple of different extremes. So at one extreme is I've seen a lot of angry parenting where a kid does something wrong and the parent gets angry and lashes out and punishes the kid in their anger. Mm, yeah. And... That, I think, is, is, is not great. No. I don't think that's really a great way to parent. I think if a, as a parent, if a parent is getting upset and triggered by what their kid is doing, in my view, that has more to do with what's going on with the parent than it does with what's going on with the kid. Yes. And, and the parent is, is taking what the kid's doing and making it mean something. The kid's disrespecting me or my kid mm. is, you know, this means I'm a bad parent or this means, you know, whatever, whatever they're making it mean. And they're reacting to that more than they are about what the kid is doing. Yeah. If the kid is doing something wrong and there are consequences already set up, the parent doesn't need to get angry. Yeah. The parent can just say, oh, you know, we already set this up. We told you these are the rules and you did it. And I'm sorry, I don't, you know, I'd rather you didn't, hadn't done that. But, you know, here's, here's the consequence for that. Yeah. And, and can, that can be totally done from a place of just calm and collected and groundedness and mm-hmm. the parent being secure in their role as the parent and needing to teach the kids and have them go the way they're supposed to go in life. Sadly, it's very common. I, I see it often. Uh, you know, there, there is such a thing. I believe 100% there's such a thing as emotional abuse mm, with our yes. kids. And I see um, some parents that use their kids against other people harming their kids. For example, I think we hear it commonly where uh, grandparents aren't allowed to see their kids, mm, right? Or, yeah. if, or if a couple is separated, uh, the father or the mother won't allow the kid to see the other parent, right? And sometimes there's good reason. I'm sure there is. Right. But a lot of times it's not. They're using the child because they're hurt. Like you right. said, it has a lot to do with the individual. And um, that's that's abuse. It really is emotional abuse that affects the child uh, throughout yeah. their life. Yeah. The other thing you mentioned uh, about being angry when you discipline your kids, what that does is create, they become scared of you. Instead yeah. of you, you know, disciplining teaching them to be you know a strong person they're scared of you now because you're screaming you're yelling you're throwing stuff or whatever you're doing it's it's a whole nother direction then it becomes hard for the kid to distinguish between an angry outburst and discipline Mm -hmm. and to the kid's mind those two are the same and so if they're being disciplined they equate that with with anger and and all of this stuff going on and it it makes it worse and it actually makes learning harder Mm -hmm. Rather than just going, oh, man, I messed up. Here's my consequence. Okay, right. you know, I'll do better next time. It's this, this whole angry outburst and, oh, man, I'm going to die. 
yeah, you know, or whatever yeah. the kid's going through. And and that also, you know, if if they fear you, then if they are having a problem, kind of going back to what we were talking about, they're not going to talk to you about it because they don't know if you're going to get angry at them and start screaming. They don't know if you're going to help them. They don't know what to expect emotionally. Again, they're they're confused, right? Right, and, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. One thing that helped me a lot is to realize there's there's a couple different approaches to parenting, and there's the one that I think a lot of parents fall into, which is correcting what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And correcting what's wrong is like addressing the tip of the iceberg. And the other part of the iceberg, the huge mass underneath the water, is helping things go right. Mm-hmm. And we want to shift our parenting from correcting when things are wrong to spending more of our time helping things go right. Yeah. Do we interact with our kids and teach in times of non-conflict or do we just wait for them to do something wrong and then, you know, quick, (laughs) quick punishment, quick response, you know, don't do that. Yeah. So I think, I think it helps to not be, you know, correcting out of anger. If we're spending Mm -hmm. more time out of the conflict and teaching and encouraging and growing our little people Mm -hmm. in a space of non-conflict and helping things go right. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain times as a child is growing up, that there are topics that need to be discussed. One of them is sex, right? Um, I remember, it's kind of funny, I, I love my father, he's passed now, but uh, I had a child very young. I, I, uh, my first son I conceived when I was 13 years old, right? So I was very young. Uh, my father wasn't in my life a whole lot, but when he found out that I got this girl pregnant, he called me to his house and we sat down and he had the sex talk with me, the birds and the bees. And I remember looking at him like, I think you're a little bit late. <laughs> She's already pregnant. Like right. it's already done, you know. And uh, but he did his talk and he felt like he did his talk. But I thought, you know, maybe six months earlier, dad, that would have that would have been a great talk, man. So there are times that we need to have some tough conversations, you know, yes. and there's more than just the sex talk, the birds and the bees. Uh, but, yeah, there are times that we need to kind of get in there and have our kids understand that there are things we're teaching them. In, yeah, there, and there are resources out there. I know some yeah. some topics are pretty hard for parents yeah. to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so there are, are books and resources out there that can be used to teach our kids and teach them, you know, about sex and other topics that can be mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. And we will be right back after this break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today, we are talking about parenting. 
because we want to have a great impact on our kids and in the world both. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about emotions and parenting. And I wanted to dive a little bit more into this topic because I know that I wasn't taught how to feel when I was growing up. And I think that is a great way to instill a huge boost to our kids in life is to teach them how to feel. Um, And part of that, in order for that to work, is to learn to be more emotionally intelligent yourself. Mm -hmm. We can't hold space for our kids to have feelings if we are uncomfortable with those feelings ourselves. When we're uncomfortable with those emotions and our kids have them, we'll tend to want to shut it down. We are not feeling good about this. This is not okay in our inner self-talk. And so we teach our kids that emotions are not good. We shouldn't be feeling those and you should stuff those or ignore them or whatever. And when we do those types of things in life, we end up being controlled by our emotions rather than having those emotions serve us. Mm-hmm. So in order to, to teach our kids how to feel, like I mentioned just a bit ago, you need to learn emotional intelligence for yourself. And I had a show on this uh, just an episode or two ago. And a big part of that is learning what your own triggers are so you can be aware what triggers you. And so when it happens like, oh, that's right, that's that trigger thing again, maybe step out going, you know, we're going to have a conversation in just a couple minutes. I need to take a time out mm-hmm. and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this when I can get control over all this stuff raging in me right now. Um, It's important to learn to identify emotions, especially as we're teaching our kids. When our kids are feeling, if we can help them identify the emotions, that is so helpful. You can say, wow, that was really scary, wasn't it? Yeah. And and when when we're in in a good space, when we're not freaking out and the kid is having their experience, then they calm right down. Yeah. And, you know, they, they tend to react based on how we're acting. You know, a kid falls down and gets a little cut and we're like, oh, this is so terrible, you know, and then rush him around, you know, and yeah. get a Band-Aid and you treat it like it's horrible. And the kids are like, ah, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. if we say, oh, did you cut yourself? Here, let's just get a Band-Aid. Yeah, like, okay. Oh, it's no big deal. Right. Right. And, and that's a part of it. But a, a big part is just to learn to be able to identify our emotions and help our kids learn to identify those as well. And mm-hmm. and to make emotions normal and 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 okay, and maybe more than okay, is as healthy, healthy yeah. and good. So, so emotions come regardless if we know what they are or not, right? And and that's where the emotional intelligence is key. Um, you know, John, you know, I'm, I'm an author. My book is called "Heal the Boy and the Man Will Appear," and the subtitle is "The Importance of Understanding and Expressing Your Emotions." And I wrote that book based on my own life and some traumatic event that happened to me at a very young age where I felt multiple of negative emotions, but I didn't understand what I was feeling. I didn't know the heartache. I didn't know the the pain. I didn't know the anxiety, the depression, the confusion. I didn't know what I was feeling. I just know I had all these emotions growing around inside me and it really created like an alter ego in, in myself because I didn't understand them. So it's really important to have you understand these emotions for yourself so that you can teach them to your kids. And I practice that now with mine because it's really important. Yeah. It's good to give space for our kids to have their emotions. So if something's coming up, just pause and stop and, hey, what are you feeling right now? Yeah. And just, and just uh, I don't know, just empathize with them mm-hmm. and go, yeah, I felt that. Yeah. You, you know what I used to do uh, with my daughter in her teen years? And I'll do it with my son now. Um but when she, I could see, you can see frustration in your kids. You can see when there's some challenges going on. And about once a month, 
uh, I would tell my daughter, if you have anything that you're upset about, anything you're frustrated about, let's sit down and talk about it. And I'd say, this is your chance to yell, scream, <laughs> just get it all out. And I'm just going to listen to what you have to say. And, um, every, you know, she didn't take me up on it every month because there wasn't something like that every month. But every once in a while, she would have some stuff that built up that she was holding in those emotions. And she would just blurt it all out. But I gave her permission to get it out, babe. You know, let it let it out and just tell me what you have to say. And sometimes she would say some mean things, you know. And the things that I felt like she was, uh, she had, like, yeah, that's valid. I would apologize and we discuss it. And some of it was like, eh, you're kind of going overboard there. But I'd also discuss that and be like, well, here's why this thing happened and why it needed to happen. Uh, but I would let her express it and expressing your emotions and getting that energy out is so such a release and so healing. It's it's a powerful thing to do. Yeah, totally. And I promised we would talk a little bit about parenting from the dad's perspective. So I wanted to get into that. And uh, for dads, what I found is the dad typically is the one to encourage the kids to take risks and to be adventurous and to step out and to stretch themselves. <laughs> and I find the moms tend to be more protective. Oh, yeah. we need to keep our kids safe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we had a, uh, a thing where our kids, we found them getting in the laundry basket and sliding down the stairs in the laundry basket. Mm-hmm. And, and the mom was... Oh, that's not okay. You could get hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so the kids put on their bike helmets and go, okay, we're, we're good. We got the yeah. important stuff protected. And we're like, all right, cool, you know? Yeah. And so we encourage them to, to take some risks and be safe doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that totally is something that, it, that comes from the dad. Yeah. yeah. And, and even if you have girls, it's still good <laughs> to encourage them to go ahead and, and take risks and stretch and have adventures and, and to learn to, to do that sort of thing. Because yeah. they're not going to get that any other place usually right. right get past those fears when when i was a kid i lived up in the boulder creek mountains and uh, there was a hill on our property that went down and we had a bicycle that had no brakes mm, wow <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know my dad was like go for it <laughs> you know and basically we had to crash to stop or we'd hit the road and there was bushes and stuff around so like we'd run into the bushes and we'd have fun and stuff but my mother definitely was not the promoter of that she, no yeah. no 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 you're gonna get hurt don't do that there's no brakes on that bike because it was a pretty steep hill and we'd get going really fast and once you got going there was no way to stop except crash right but yeah. my dad would just laugh and yeah yeah you know it was fun i think one time somebody got hurt but not too bad but it was fun yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, and be safe, you know? So like if a kid says, Hey, I'm going to jump off the roof. Can I jump off the roof? You can say, yeah, but wait, you might want to jump over here on the lawn instead. (laughs) Yeah. Don't land on the concrete. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's also pretty vital for dads to be the ones to say that they're proud of their kids. Mm, Powerful. I think all the time kids need to hear that their parents are proud of them and that parents believe in them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and that we are behind them hundred mm-hmm. percent and whatever they try, whatever they want to do, we're all for it. And they don't have to doubt our love and, and approval mm-hmm. and, and all of that. I think that is so important. I, I agree. I mean, um, not only telling our kids that we love them from, a, from, we're talking about the men's point of view. Right yes. Now, right. And, and not only telling our, our kids that we love them as a man, but showing them that we love them. Right. That's two different things too. showing them that we love them, but, 
telling them that you're proud of them is up there with the love. It really is powerful. And like I mentioned earlier when I was telling you about my son and I told him, I'm proud of you and I love you. He, he shined. He stood up and I was just like, wow, see, it's important. Both, both of those. I love yeah. you and I'm proud of you. It's a powerful thing to tell your kids. Go tell your kids right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And a part of that, I think when we praise our kids, it's good to praise the effort rather mm-hmm. than to praise their personhood. Very good. And so when they make an effort, you say, wow, that was an awesome effort. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we praise them as a person like, oh, you're really smart or you're really talented at that, when they face a situation where it seems too hard, then they think, oh, well, maybe maybe I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not sufficient for this task. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm good to a point and then, and then this, is, this is it. Mm-hmm. But if we praise the effort, they realize that it's the effort that gets them over the hump, yeah. not what's yeah. in them necessarily. And for some kids, maybe they have to work harder mm-hmm. than others, but the effort will get them where they want to go. Absolutely. And, you know, whether we realize it or not, our kids are looking for our approval. They are, as the men, they, we, they look up to the dad and they're looking for the approval of that parent. Um, I remember a mistake I made um, when my daughter was in, in junior high school. She uh, was a cheerleader, a, a, a competition cheerleader. It wasn't like the school cheerleading, but actually competition where she would compete in world competitions against other countries and stuff. And we would cheer for her and she was awesome. And, you know, we used to give her all the support. And then she tried out for another sport. And it was track and she ran the track and, you know, she did okay. You know, it was her first time in competing. And, uh, uh, when she got done, I said, Oh babe, you did a good job. But like, kind of like a disappointment, Mm, like, Oh babe, you did a good job instead of like jumping and cheering for her. And I, I, after I noticed like she didn't want to do it anymore, you know? So it's important. The effort you're talking about, it's important. Oh, you did a great job, you know, to let them know. Um, so yeah, that was a definite mistake I made. I I feel still feel bad. Sorry, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. Have a great day.